Hello, hello. Hey up, what's up, what's good? Que cosa sucede? Ni hao, Puviet. Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting, intellectual, and artistic people in the world. Everyone has a story. Each person a scholar. We have a terrific, terrific episode for today with a wonderfully creative guest, Turkish painter Bengu Çetinkale joins the show. This was such a wonderful conversation, and she's easily one of my favorite humans that I've met in 2021. Her passion for art began when she was very young, after she won first prize in a painting competition. Now, throughout her life, travel has directly inspired her artistic creations. She's traveled in numerous countries and enjoyed the local experiences, along with the traditions of the various cultures. Those experiences have shaped her particular style of art and have motivated her to reflect on the rhythms of music, histories of various cultures, and the colors and traditions that exist in each location. She's particularly fascinated by Latin and Mexican culture, and you can see traces of her inspiration in Mexican art in her rainbow collection. She mainly uses acrylics. Some of her projects in modern deconstructionism series have expanded into medium pace to create dramatic textures on the canvas. Her artwork is a combination of her feelings inspired by the eclectic cultures all across the world through music, spirituality, and nature. She's captivated by the literature of different societies and how their cultural heritage evolves into their art and music and becomes a unique story to mark a period. This was such a fun chat, and on today's conversation, Mingu reflects on those early years and that initial painting competition that was the genesis of her artistic career. We also discuss what it's like painting in abstract and how she gets her mind in the right place to channel her creativity and how she knows when an artistic piece is complete. Additionally, we also discuss how she stays creative and how she's also been able to thrive over the last year. Brilliant, brilliant conversation with Bingu. Absolutely talented artist and also has a wonderfully charming personality. Thrilled for everyone to meet her. She's our first guest from one of my favorite countries, Turkey. Not sure why it took us so long, but I'm glad that it's Bingu. Throw for everyone to meet her. So let's go ahead and bring on talented painter Bingu Chetinkale, and let's learn. What were your earliest memories of being involved in art? First of all, Randall, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to talk about my art and myself. It's a pleasure. Uh, first time I was involved with art was when I was in elementary school. I was 11 years old and uh, there was a competition uh, organized by UNICEF, United Nations Children's Fund, uh, in my country for the National Children's Day. And uh, I and a friend of mine, we painted uh, uh, planets from the space. The world was in the middle and the sun was behind and there are some stars and some other planets all around it. And we painted kids uh, holding each other's hand from different nationalities and they were just celebrating the diversity and smiling at each other. And that painting won the first uh, prize award and our painting got published uh, as postcards and distributed all around Europe. Uh, so I think that was a very encouraging memory for me as a kid, like my first experience with a painting got awarded. And um, I believe that just initiated me uh, to paint more. And I have always loved it. And I also attended a couple other uh, competitions uh, that the local newspaper would give you a drawing uh, every week. And I would just color it and submit it. Some of those also uh, won some prizes. 
Then uh, around college, I started taking some elective art classes and uh, I was replicating some of Picasso's cubic artwork. Uh, those came out pretty well and uh, I kept painting more and more. <laughs> Very cool. Where did you go to college? Uh, Turkey. It's in Ankara, the capital city Ankara. of Turkey. Yeah. Well, you okay. just mentioned Picasso, and I always think back to Picasso had a quote saying that we're often the most creative when we are children. So for you, as an artist, as a professional artist, as an adult, how do you maintain creativity as your career progresses? Uh, Randall, I think it may have something to do with my upbringing or how the planets were positioned when I was born. <laughs> because... Uh, I feel like uh, I'm a child. I still get very excited to see uh, things that I'm aware of its existence. And like a child does, uh, like just to give you an example, seeing a butterfly is still like such a miraculous, like unreal experience to me. Like as if I'm just five years old and for the first time in my life, I see something uh, flying around me and has these different colors on it. And I get so excited. And I feel like whoever with me at that moment, I feel like I have to show it to people. I'm like, look at this, can you believe? Like it has this design on it and everything. And small things like that, nature excites me to, uh, so much. Uh, like seeing different uh, flowers in different colors. Um, I, uh, I was even watching this uh, Netflix documentary about animals and how they see colors uh, from their lenses. And apparently they don't see the colors the way we do. So if you are looking at a flower and it's pink, they don't see that. They are seeing a fluorescent kind of color uh, and they're attracted to that. It may be blue, it may be red, whatever they are seeing through their lenses. These type of things uh, inspires me a lot. And I think I have that still that sense of child uh, in me. And that just uh, creates the creativity itself. It is the creativity there. <laughs> I think that's perfect. I think that's a, an attitude and a mentality we all should have. And I admire that in you. That's very cool. I'm glad you have that making me rethink about appreciating some of the things I experienced. And fantastic, fantastic mentality. And I think that probably helps you with the fact that you're an abstract artist. And abstract art requires a specific kind of atypical mindset. So what is it about abstract art that attracted you? The reason I love abstract art is it is much more harder, but uh, much more rewarding at the same time. Because uh, you don't have to look at something to mimic or try to replicate it or try to follow any rules or any uh, colors that you see uh, on that object or anything, whatever you are uh, painting. But it just, whatever uh, comes within you. So it is such a feeling like uh, most of the time I feel like uh, I'm possessed by a higher force and I just go with it. Uh, I don't have to put any boundaries or any limits as to, oh no, I have to follow this genre or it has to be, this technique has to be used. But it is much more creative, uh, creative 
And the end product is just the existence itself because nobody can replicate it. Nobody can mimic it. And if somebody looks at it and they are as struck uh, by it as you are, that means like it's the creation, it's the existence itself. You didn't have to try. You didn't have to do anything about it. You just be and the existence, the creation, everything nourishes your soul and it's just flowing. Fantastic mindset. I think it goes along with your, your childlike desire to just be excited with everything. And I've read that you, you don't set any rules or boundaries during your creations. So you, you talked a little bit about why that helps you, but what influenced that mindset? Where did it come from? And then how, how does not having boundaries help you? I feel I'm naturally an optimist. Um, I think it just influences that kind of mindset. Uh, like, I feel like if I would try to uh, impose or put some rules or anything, I would just block the energy. So there's something coming within me, but I'm like, no, most artists do it this way. Or like the, these big artists, they always do one thing and they focus on it and they spe specialize on this one thing. But it is almost like you are trying to create a brand, but you are not following what comes within you. You are just trying to make a, maybe a mask for yourself or something. But you want to do something else. And we change constantly, like all humans change constantly. And to just fixate on one thing is not for me because I feel uh, I get inspiration from different places. I feel different things every day. And uh, like my even, uh, we have uh, 10,000 different personal moves in a day. <laughs> you can't just go with uh, one thing or follow a rule. And to me, it's almost like, you can't stop a water from running or flowing. Uh, I mean, it will eventually overflow or like it's gonna get out of its limits or whatever. And when I paint, when I do abstract, I feel like I'm almost out of the boundaries of my body. So I don't have to be in my mind. I don't have to be in my body. I'm just out there like an air molecule, like, like a ray of light whatever and like a feather just uh going higher and higher on the sky uh, moving around um that's how i feel when i do abstract and i think that's the type of mindset that influences me does that mindset carry over into the rest of your life i hope so that, yeah i think i i don't want to lose that <laughs> yeah yeah when we're young, we're taught that uncertainty is a bad thing. That's like, you got to know the answer. You got to find the answer. If someone says, I don't know, you, they're usually looked upon as, well, why don't you know? Figure it out. But I, yeah. I think not knowing the answer is important because a different part of our brain starts working and we start figuring out ideas. Like you said, you, you step away and you come back and you've got new ideas. So how does uncertainty play a role in your life as an artist? So, Randall, that's a great question. And I have to give you some backgrounds. Uh, and history about myself. So my parents got divorced when I was really young, uh, six years old. So uh, they were always there for me. But when you are a kid, you don't always feel that way emotionally. 
you know they're always there uh, for you physically but sometimes uh, the communication with a child between a child and parent relationship is so different the parents cannot really understand what a child expects because they have been there a long time ago and they weren't in your shoes they were in different shoes maybe they didn't have the same experiences that you have so i think i kind of learned to deal with uncertainty uh in very young age uh, by myself uh i was feeling lonely probably within me uh and i had to find ways to learn and uh, to deal with those emotions. So there was always uncertainty in my life. But I think I must like that uh, because look at me, I have been in the US for 11 years and my life has always been very uncertain. Like I didn't pick a life where everything can be known, where it was like my, uh, what would you call it, comfort zone. So I get out of my comfort zone and came who knows how many miles away I am uh, and started living here. And the last 11 years was very uncertain for me <laughs> already. So, but I always think, I think uncertainty is a great thing because I think of it, if you know what would be coming next, what would get you excited? Like I uh, bought my first house this year. Uh, and if I knew like what I was gonna get a house someday or what house I was gonna get someday, what was going to get me hopeful or excited about it? You know, uh, it's even great that we don't know when we are gonna pass out. <laughs> when we are gonna uh, not exist here anymore. I think these are very uh, exciting things and I think this is what we need. So uh, it encourages more uh, curiosity in you. So you have something, uh, you have something out there that keeps you curious because there is uncertainty there wasn't uncertainty there wouldn't be any curiosity in this world so I, i'm yeah. a firm believer about uh, curiosity uncertainty and open-mindedness goes hands in hands well that's that's why i asked you well the last year has been an incredible challenge for artists how did you persevere through the pitfalls and the daily frustrations so uh last year hasn't been so bad regarding my art mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I wasn't able to attend some of the art shows that I was planning to attend. But at the same time, I think uh, the challenge also uh, created its own opportunity. I uh, get the opportunity uh, to work on my website and to find ways uh, to like reach out more people online. And I think... Uh, it was helpful because since most people spend time at home, we spend more time online. And uh, all my social media apps, uh, Facebook and Instagram helped on that. Uh, 
I think it's uh, it hasn't been such a bad year uh, regarding my art in that sense. And I get the chance to create more art and to showcase more art again online. Um, so yeah, in a way, it was a challenge at the beginning, but it created the opportunity as well. Like the saying goes, like every challenge uh, creates its own opportunity to grow. I was fascinated by what you said earlier about the end result is the goal. That's you know, having something out there that's finished that people can admire and can adore and can look at. That made it all worth it. But how do you know when it's finished? Because especially with abstract, it's not like you have to get a certain amount of thing. You can stop whenever the heck you want to. And maybe, maybe there is no ending. So how do you personally know when it's time that I'm, I'm finished, hands off? So you just know it. <laughs> I don't know how <laughs> to explain because uh, during the progress, sometimes I show uh, the progress pictures to my friends or family. And especially my mom, she admires my art so much. And she's like, oh my God, you have to stop it. It's done. Like you are gonna, uh, you are gonna mess it up. Like don't go. Uh, and I'm like, no, it's not done yet. Uh, I can just sense it. Like, I know when it's done because it's either, uh, it's either how you see things or you may look at something and think this is good enough. But to me, if it's not there yet, if I don't feel satisfied with what I'm seeing, if there's still uh, more uh down to it or i want to see uh something deeper uh i'm not sure but you know when it's done yeah do you <laughs> some ever... of them may take longer some of them may take uh less time but you definitely know when it's done do you ever set certain maybe time parameters that maybe you're, you're it's almost feeling like it's ready but you're like let me just give it another hour or let me, let me sleep on it yeah, no, I usually sleep on it. Mm -hmm. uh, if I work on art uh, over eight hours, uh, and once I start, I don't feel like stopping. Mm -hmm. If I start, uh, the only way uh, I may stop is maybe I want the paint to dry a little bit okay. and come back to it. Then I may give it a, a take a break or something, but usually if I already work uh, for about eight hours and I still don't see it, uh, getting closer to be complete, I sleep on it. And I can't really give a time frame on abstract, uh, like more impressionistic pieces. Like if I'm painting, uh, painting horses as an abstract piece, uh, I may give it a time frame for that, but abstract is just so unique. You have to feel it is done. Have you ever woken up? And immediately known what needs to be changed or what needs to be added. Has sleep been a creative inspiration for you? Yes. Yeah, usually, I usually I get the inspiration at nighttime. As yeah. soon as I'm in bed, I am bombarded with images over images over images. That's why uh, when I get up, I'm so excited because I want to do all these things that I, I have all these different ideas for some of them for different uh, artwork, not for the same artwork. And I get so nervous and excited. Oh my God, when am I going to do this? When should I start this one? I, I, I want to do this one too. And I just get so bombarded with it. So I sleep on it. I try to sleep on it more. 
happens at nighttime. Yeah. You talked about that you like to just keep going. Once you start, you like to keep going. So what's, what's a painting session look like for you? Do you have any music going on? Or what are you doing to make sure that you're in the right frame of mind for a session when you start a new project? Yes. So I just go to my studio and I put my music on and I have a very broad uh, taste of music. <laughs> so some of the music I listen to belongs to different countries and they take me to those places. Like one day I may feel like a French woman in 17th century. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the other day I may be a cave woman. Uh, so I listen to different type of music and some of my uh, artwork is uniquely inspired by a certain type of uh, music, like Mexican music and Latin music inspires most of my rainbow series, mm -hmm. uh, where I use a lot of colors and like bold uh, shapes. Um, so yeah, probably music and being in my studio uh, just gets me started. Any forms of meditation or anything? No, I feel like painting is my meditation. Uh, one of my friends is into uh, meditation and yoga. And uh, sometimes we talk with each other and he tells me, what he feels when he meditates or about all these different uh, philosophies about around the meditation and everything. And I exactly feel the same, uh, same way when I paint. Uh, we almost connect uh, on the same level. What we are talking is almost same. Mm -hmm. I'm curious then on your most recent Arizona painting, what was the music that inspired that session? I may be listening to electronic music, to be honest. Okay. Either electronic, I like Staros and Island Man. Okay. So it may be one of those because it was right after my Arizona trip last year uh, during COVID, after my uh, road trip over there. You mentioned the road trip last year, and I know that you said painting was a big part of the year, and it didn't really slow down because you, you were still able to create. So what do you feel is the biggest lesson you've learned from the last 12 crazy months? Uh, the biggest lesson has become I should do what I love most uh, to me. Uh, because I, re I realized that art has always been in me. But I didn't create as much because I was taught uh, you can't make a living with art. And that didn't directly come uh, from my parents. But... Uh, from the society, from your friends, uh, everything kind of, you are almost kind of predestined to uh, pick a major uh, so that you can get employment after schooling. And uh, I did the same thing. I almost uh, created a strategy for myself, pick a major, uh, do my uh, bachelor's, then my master's so I can get employed as soon as I'm done with school. But throughout these years, and especially during the COVID, I realized that wasn't in my heart. Uh, I mean, if I could have just done that years ago when I was younger, 11 years old, apparently, I, uh, I was aware that I had this artistic kind of uh, talent or creativity, but I never followed it. I only did it as a hobby back in the day. 
but maybe if I have practiced it, instead of even like going to school or maybe an art school, or you don't even have to, uh, if I would have just followed that, I would be doing today what I love doing most. And I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not frustrated with uh, what I did because I have learned great lessons out of, out of it. I have uh, get exposed to different industries, learned a lot and everything. But at the end, I returned to what, what, I, what I was in me. Like, I get back to it. Yeah. So that last year, I think, was a great example for all of us uh because we didn't have much left other than our hopes and a lot of people reflect back on themselves and uh they started doing what they love doing and since they get to spend more time at home they realize they started realizing these things so i think that's the best lesson learned on my part that i i believe everybody should follow what is in their hearts and they shouldn't get discouraged with the society, friends or family, whatever, and just follow what they're passionate about. Tremendously valuable advice. I admire that and appreciate that. Curious if you had a favorite book or a memorable book of the last year. Yes. So my favorite book, I think it was called uh, The Women from Osho. Mm. Recent, recent favorites. Let's put it this way. Okay. And uh, I have actually one more book on my list that I want to read. I can't recall the name of the author, but you may have heard of it. It's called The The Woman Who Runs With the Wolves, something like that. Don't know it personally, but I'll I'll add it to my list too. Before we started, you mentioned that you love to travel as well. So throughout your life, which of the locations have left the strongest emotional hold on you? Strongest emotional hold on me. Oh, let's think about it. Uh, I think it would be Greece or Italy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mediterranean always inspires me so much. And the little cultural nuances uh that people have over there uh is so unique uh the friendliness Uh, i almost feel like i'm by the coast of turkey because we have a mediterranean coast uh, to italy and greece too but it's just a different version of it uh and i feel very welcomed over there we've had on the show we have had guests from over 50 countries but surprisingly you're our first turkish guest surprisingly and it's my fault i don't know why i gotta blame it on me because i love turkey i love turkey it's one of of my favorite places i've visited so we got to talk about turkey so you and i have to talk about turkey before you go because food in france food in italy it's all splendid it's all wonderful but food in turkey turkey is the food capital of the world in my opinion there's nothing better than middle eastern slash mediterranean turkish cuisine it's just it's just fantastic so for someone visiting Turkey for the first time, what food recommendations would you have? I mean, where do we begin? But I mean, it is so hard because Turkish cuisine, unlike any other cu- cuisines, is the broadest, richest. Mm-hmm. I believe uh, it is because how uh, uh, the old Turks, like the Ottoman Empire time, they were ruling such a broad uh, area 
they learned all these different uh, food from different countries already. And now it's in our culture and in every restaurant, almost 24 hours open since you have been into Istanbul. You must know that. Some of my favorites are Mediterranean cuisine. I love cold dishes. Uh, Spanish people call it tapas. Mm. We call it meze. Mm. So like on the Mediterranean region, we have these cold mezes. Uh, some of them has, uh, most of them has yogurt in it. Some of them has tomato paste in it and different vegetables. Uh, grape leaves are big. One of my favorites, of course, grape leaves. And our gyro is incredible. Like I have tried gyro over here, but it's not even comparable <laughs> to the gyro we have in Turkey. Yeah. Um, kebabs, all the uh, kebab cuisine from more like Middle, uh, Middle East, uh, like our East uh, border. Um, so much food and our vegetable uh, dishes, like vegetarian, uh, like almost catered to someone vegan. Mm -hmm. So when you are in the US, you don't have that much option for like vegan people. Turkey has like thousands of different like vegan uh, dishes. Mm -hmm. All those artichokes I love. <laughs> I think also you mentioned about having just a broad sense of food that they have. I think part of it also is just the blending of, of Europe and Asia just together. Even if you don't like necessarily like a Turkish food, you got to at least bring back some Turkish spices from the Grand Bazaar because yeah. I bring those back and have them with traditional American foods that I sprinkle my... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, my yeah. We even have like all uh, kinds of fast food restaurants as well. So if someone goes to Turkey, like they will definitely find something they would like to eat. Yeah. But I will say I, I really want to have another pide. A Turkish oh, pide. pide. Have you tried lahmacun? I believe so. I believe so. It's something like pide. It's even yeah. thinner. Mm -hmm. oh, I that's love. at the top of my list. Next time I'm Istanbul, that's the top of my list. So. Yes. <laughs> Let me know beforehand. I will uh, share with you where to go and what to eat. <laughs> and, and I will bring back spices for you. It'll be perfect. Okay, awesome. <laughs> you have a deal. <laughs> so what's next for you? What, what do you got coming up? Any any? projects or plans or anything we should be aware of for you coming up? Uh, I mean, future projects and goals are creating more art as creativity comes along uh, to reach out more people with different channels, either online or through art galleries. Uh, I have been recent, I have some excited, exciting news. Uh, I have been recently contacted uh, by an organization to exhibit my art for their outstanding award ceremony. And they have a big uh, uh, award ceremony every year. I think last year they were in D.C., the year before, I guess, New York. And this year they are planning in uh, Los Angeles or Vegas, if I'm not sure. I can't uh, remember. Uh, so, I mean, uh, they re contacted with me to exhibit some of my art. And... Um, I'm honored for the opportunity uh, to showcase and we are still uh, talking about it and I'm gonna uh, share on my Facebook and Instagram once everything is settled and concrete. Uh, that's one thing that's exciting coming up this year. Uh, other than that, I have attended, I have submitted my artwork couple of uh, competitions. 
So I will see the outcome of those uh, and I will look for more opportunities like that. And this podcast also was one of the opportunities that presented itself and any other media means and everything that for artists out there uh, that I can find to gain more exposure uh, and to reach out for to more people to introduce my art and myself uh i will do your first appearance first of, of many appearances on the show hopefully i hope so i hope so thank you so my friend uh, so how can people stay up to date and how can they follow you and watch your career progress um they can follow me either on instagram or uh facebook it is bengu b-e-n-g-u underscore fine art without s uh on Facebook and Instagram, and my website is uh, com. So they can contact me uh, through my website, Facebook, or Instagram, and I have a contact button on my website and my email, everything. Feel free to contact me, everybody. <laughs> I always love chatting with artists. This was awesome. This was a lot of fun. It was my first time. Thank you, Randall. It was a great experience. And it's, it, this is a, this Vicky will become a good memory for me for my next podcast if I ever going to do another podcast again. So cool. You're awesome. This was great. You too. Thank you, Randall. Made my day chatting with you. So, so, so cool. Thank you. Same here. Likewise. Right. Well, we'll talk again, but thanks for today. Thank you for the opportunity. Right. Have a good one. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. For more information, visit her website, bingufineart.com. You can see some of these amazing, amazing pieces that she's produced. My new book, Curiosity, is currently available on Amazon. Curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer. Everyone has unique expertise and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious. Featuring 200 episodes from any given runway show, Curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes, adventurers, and performers. From daring voyages across the Atlantic to unforgettable performances in the West End, Curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life. Everyone has a story. Each person is a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Adiento. Randall has become like, you know, New York's favorite son. <laughs>